All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash ownyourstyle. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox and Tiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more thing. Tight, tighten up your core Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Okay, hey guys, it's Amy, and I'm doing a little intro to the episode because, well, the episode took a turn. I did not plan to do just one thing with Kat. I've got Kat Defada here with me. You'll hear it in the intro coming up in just a second. Say, hey, Kat. Hi, guys. And we just were talking and we just let everything flow and we went a million different directions from our birds, really loved ones visiting us that have passed on to some of the Rachel Hollis drama, like neuropathways in the brain, the intensive therapy work that I did and the therapist I was working with and just things that I learned from her as I was working through some trauma. Uh, What else did we talk about? Ice cream, cookies. We literally (laughs) talked about everything. (laughs) I think we 
talked about everything. But you'll hear in the intro in just a second, I'm saying, oh, Kat's going to be with me for all four things. And yeah, I, I felt like I needed to come and give you a heads up that uh, we covered like 25 things and it's all in one swoop. So there might be some commercial breaks mixed in, but I hope that you'll stick with us the entire episode because Kat is a therapist and offered a lot of insight. And I shared some things that were going on with me that might be helpful for you. And then, yeah, we covered the top 10 simple pleasures in life. According to America, there was a study that was done and it takes us a long time, but we get through all 10. (laughs) So I want you to hear 10 through one. And yeah, so just a little intro. And now here is the episode. But don't be fooled when I say she's going to be here for all four things, because really she's here for all 25 things. All right. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Four Things podcast. I'm Amy and I am back. I have not been back on a Thursday Four Things episode in, I don't know, three or four weeks, maybe like a month. I've got Kat Defada joining me here. She is a licensed therapist who you've likely heard of my podcast before. She's also my friend and she is also on my podcast network uh, and she hosts her own podcast called You Need Therapy. Kat, state your credentials, please. So I'm a licensed professional counselor. The letters that go behind my name would be MHSP, so Mental Health Service Provider, which gives me also the ability to treat and diagnose people. Right. So being that this is my first Thursday episode back, who better to have by my side (laughs) than a a licensed licensed therapist therapist who can, you know, help me with my mental health and overall help all of us with our mental health. I think it's super important, but really, I mean, yeah, Kat's my friend. And it was helpful last week when I did the fifth thing, having my friend Mary with me, having Mary here and being like, hey, let's just go record it, allowed me to do it. And so I had a fifth thing last week, but I didn't have a fourth thing because I just couldn't rally and pull it together. I'm trying to ease back into work life and uh, just so that I keep it together. I don't even know really where to start or what to say, but the first thing we're going to get into, and Kat's going to be here for all four things, is an article that I found about America's favorite simple pleasures, and it ranked them. And I don't know that I need to go in order of the ranking, but really, I just want to point out for sure uh, what came in at number six on the list. And it was... A simple pleasure in life is spotting a species of a bird that you've never seen before. And let me just tell y'all about how I saw this really exotic blue bird in my backyard last week. I'd never seen this bird before. Cat. it was beautiful. So you're saying out of all your avid bird watching days that we've all been witnessing the past couple months, you've never seen no this. This all of a sudden I look at my feeder and I see this blue bird. And I'm like, I better get my chart because I need to identify this rare bird. And so I go to the chart and I'm able to see pretty quickly that it's a blue jay. (laughs) And I was like, oh, it's not as rare and exotic as I thought. It's a blue jay. But still, it was stunning. And I had never seen one before. And now I see them. Like you, we were downstairs earlier and I was like, oh, there's a blue jay. And I said, it's my dad. Because when, after my mom died, my sister would see cardinals. Like right after my mom died, she saw a cardinal at the window and it became this whole thing. And now when we see cardinals, we were just like, hey mom. And then I posted on Instagram that I saw 
the blue jay. Well, first I said I've spotted a rare bird and then I confirmed (laughs) with my chart that it was a blue jay and multiple people said, hey, you know, you've never seen that bird in your backyard, but like now, hey, that's your dad. And so now whenever I see a blue jay, I say, hey, dad. And then my cousin, who is a psychic of sorts, I don't know. Again, Jury's still out on whether or not I even believe in any of this, but she is my cousin and she has made some really crazy, accurate predictions or statements about people and life. And I want to support her as a cousin. Like, I don't know that necessarily I believe it, but I don't know. Who am I to say? I don't know. She's tapping into some higher level of, I don't know. And she sent me a text and was like, oh my gosh, it's so fitting of your dad to show up as a blue jay. She's like, I'm laughing because that's totally him. I like his style to be a blue jay. So I don't know, Kat. You're a mental health <laughs> expert. What are your thoughts on this? I have a couple thoughts. One, I don't know anything about birds. <laughs> So I don't know anything about that. But what is interesting is even talking about that article, because the article is talking about simple pleasures. So what I do think is there could be a lot of meaning and you're the one that would pull it out because it's your it's it's your life. There could be a lot of meaning in one, you noticing this thing that you've never noticed before right after this happened in your life. And that could mean that that's your dad. It also could mean something about you slowing down and noticing things you've never noticed before. It could be it could mean a lot of things that doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. It's whatever you want attached to it. Right. So if you want that to be your dad, that gets to be your dad. Well, I know. And my daughter was in the kitchen whenever (laughs) the blue chief, you heard it earlier. And I was like, hey, dad. And she looks at me and she's like, mom, that is not (laughs) Pepal. You know, she just thinks it's ridiculous. But it is something, yes, I think that is comforting for me. So I'm just going to continue with it. Regardless of if I really believe it or not. I mean, do I really believe that it's my dad? Probably not. But I don't know. And I like the thought of him coming to visit me as a blue jay. I think you do believe that. You do? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Because I think you're questioning it because it's weird. Like, do you you feel like you sound like crazy because you think your dad's coming back to see you as a bird? Yes. Yes, I, I do. Sound crazy. Okay. I mean, but if you happen to think that, I don't think that you're crazy. Yeah. Just like if you happen to believe in like my cousin, for example, I don't think you're crazy if you want to reach out to her and you're into that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm at a place now where I'm comfortable and I guess my faith and what I believe, I don't really know everything yeah. in the universe yeah. that there is to know. So I, I guess I leave space for just, you know, people interpreting things the, the way they want to interpret them. There you go. If that's how you want to interpret seeing something new for the first time and it's comforting, then you get to do that. Well, I'm going to share some of the other simple pleasures that were listed in case people need to slow down and enjoy life a little bit. So in at number 10 was a match on a dating site. I guess that means you have to be on a dating site to enjoy that. But Kat has said that she's done with those. That's not a simple pleasure anymore. Uh huh. And I have seen uh, some of her matches or her swipes. No, there weren't or, my matches. What? They, they were, were my sent. options. Okay. <laughs> I have seen some of her options, and yeah, the fish in the sea are interesting to say the least yep. these days. In at number nine, home cooked meal. In at number eight, wearing an outfit that makes you feel good. Seven, seeing flowers and trees blossom. 
I don't know that I've quite gotten there. I have, which I think is weird because I noticed so I moved into my house last year. So I didn't know what was there in like the springtime. And this year I walked onto my door one day, my front door, and there were two daffodils that had just bloomed in my front yard. And I literally took a picture and sent it to my mom. And I said, this is the most beautiful surprise I've ever had. And then I was like, what? Like what? since when do I like stop and like actually take a picture of like a random flower? But then it was nice of like, I used to not notice this. That's great. See, you are taking in a simple pleasure. Now that we've talked about it, I might notice Uh something blossoming. Um, Then at number six was spotting a species of bird that you've never seen before. (laughs) Five, doing some exercise or something. At four, finishing a really good book. I want that pleasure. Right now, I don't like finishing a good book. I like it when the book lasts forever. Okay, but I mean, the idea, I guess, you're getting to the conclusion of something. Like, I I want that, especially if it's a series. Maybe you finish the first book and then you move to the second. It's like a trilogy or something. But right now, I'm just engulfed in mental health, (laughs) self Help-type so books yeah. that, yeah, I'm not enjoying reading, really. And I just did this therapy intensive, and I liked that the therapist I was working with kind of held her fist up as, like, the, your brain. And it talked about, like, and then you take your palm of your other hand and just lay it on top. And that palm that you're laying on top, that could basically be all the self-help-type things that you consume, but really it's just a layer on top. Unless you go in and try to really maybe do some of the work in the brain and release it through the body, which brings me to one of the books that I'm listening to on Audible and reading because it's so much information. I want both the visual and the audio of The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, and it makes me that. think, yes, makes me think about that. Like we can kind of do all these different things to try to like help us with our trauma or different things that are going on in our life. But it really is, I guess this is a podcast. You really can't see my visual, but it's kind of like a little blanket for your brain and you're laying it on top and it's great. Might might keep you warm, but like you may have some stuff going on inside of there that needs to be released and it's not going to happen unless you're able to really do the work. And I know that I say that coming from a place of privilege, being someone who had the opportunity to go do that. And this isn't me being like, oh, look at me, I I got to go do it. Like I really do have a lot of gratitude for being able to go do something like that mm-hmm. because I did some brain spotting. I went pretty deep into some, I guess you call them, and Kat, you may know more about this, but like picture little time capsules in the back of your brain that haven't been opened up in who knows how long. Maybe you didn't even know some of them were even there and you're able to open them up and release them with emotion and thought and then kind of reframe them. But it takes work. It's not easy stuff at all. And maybe even the reframing for me, I don't even know that that part fully sunk in, but you can kind of tell yourself the story of ultimately that you're safe and everything's going to be okay. And then your body can be like, ah, So right now I'm consuming a lot of things that are my blanket on top of my brain. But I have to do more. Well, I do feel like I've done the work, but I have continued work to do. It just makes me think of like just how many people out there are suffering in a sense and going through so much and they never either are exposed to the opportunity or they don't have the resources or it's just like there's shame in therapy or... Yeah, that's so good because I'm really grateful for the like 
amount of resources that there are in the world for people to learn about themselves and dive into that kind of stuff. And at the same time, what I want people to know is that like, if that's all you have, I want you to utilize that Yes, as much as you can. But it's one, it's not a one size fits all. And two, it's not the whole like shebang and it can only take you so far. Even as like, I'll use this as an example. I can go to school for years and years and years and learn, learn, learn everything there is to know about the brain and mental health. But I'm not going to actually really know how to be a therapist until I go do therapy and, and do that. And that's the same as a client, as I can read and read and read and soak in information. But until I actually go through the experiences of applying that through therapeutic practices that are experiential in nature. Which is what I was doing. Which is what you're doing. Experiential That's how you make the real shifts and change within your body and within your brain. You can't change your brain by just reading. Right. Yeah. I'll throw that out there as a thing too. If you are looking for a therapist, I do get emails sometimes. I'm sure you do too, Kat, of like, how do I even know how to find the right one? This is my first time really working in person with an experiential therapist. I have done some things over Zoom Mm -hmm. because 2020 was, that was just the way we had to do it. But any therapist before 2020, they were just normal talk, Talk which is totally fine. Where do you fall? Both. Both. I I do. I mean, some of what we do is talk. Yeah. But I was trained experientially. When you're doing real trauma work, the talking only takes you so far. That is why virtual therapies can be really hard because it's hard to get the client in a space where they're able to even settle down into that stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to get my sister to go do what I did because right before I left to go, she ended up in the hospital thinking she was having a heart attack, but she was literally having a panic anxiety attack. I mean, her, she said her hands were numb. She was sweating, like her heart, like she really felt a hundred percent. She walked into the hospital in her pajamas at 1 AM. She was like, I don't even want to put real clothes on. Cause her husband was like, well, let's get dressed. We'll go to the ER, see what happens. She's like, no, get in the car, let's go. And we both just lost our dad and also have had other things happening too. And even some of my stuff that she's been a part of cause she was here, like there just was a lot. She's juggling a lot and she's a mom of four and there's business owners and they're shooting a TV show something that my dad would have been like so proud of her for. I'm so sad he's not going to be able to see that. But she's been in denial, like literal denial that this is going to TV. It really is. They've filmed the pilot. We can't say the network name yet, but it's a design build type firm. So you could probably guess. Hopefully I don't get fined for that. (laughs) But, you know, it's going to be really cool. But she's freaking out. I don't even think she's healed from when our mom died and processed some of that trauma. Because were you until you started doing a lot of this work? You know, I think that I worked through a lot just even unfinished business with my mom, even though she's been dead seven years, what was crazy was being able to almost talk to her in a sense because I drew her. And then I had conversations with her as I looked at her. And it was, yes, experiential. Mm -hmm. And it felt personal. And I felt like I was able to, yeah, release some things that I had been holding on to. Maybe that I didn't even know I was holding on to. That were living in your body. That were living in my body and manifesting as something else. And so with my sister, I think, yes, hers is absolutely manifesting. Christy, if you're listening right now, I love you and you need to call Linda. Linda was my therapist (laughs) that I worked with for an intensive. And shout out Linda. Like she is 73 years old. And so, you know, I was working with someone that was very wise. She 
didn't beat around the bush. She told it to me like it. Can I ask like you a question? Yeah. We're kind of digressing from the simple pleasures, but mm-hmm. I would love to know if you could tell us like three things that Linda taught you. Okay, I can tell you one thing I learned for sure okay. was keep it down the middle. Explain that to Linda us. Linda would say, Amy, keep it down the middle. She told me that needs to be a shirt because <laughs> I told her about our it's fine, I'm fine, everything is fine shirt. And she loved it. I already mailed her one. So I was confused by, okay, let's say that someone is codependent and a behavior of that might be worries all the time. Use the phrase symptom. Okay, symptom. Okay, so a symptom of codependency codependency is worries all the time. Another symptom of codependency is never worries. Mm -hmm. Okay, so to me, that was confusing. This is just an example too. It could be of anything, but it was confusing that, wait, no, I thought that this, but really there can be so many symptoms of so many different types of people people and dependencies of this and that and whatever. But it's really, we're all made so differently and we have a different filter, a life filter that we're putting things through. We have different traumas that are gonna cause us to react either an anxious hot mess or someone that's totally detached and not worrying at all. But I was confused. I was like, well, how can it be? Those are two opposite things. So if you keep it down the middle, that's the healthy place. I was confused because I thought the symptom had to be one or the other. Either you are anxious or you're not anxious, like, but not that people, that could be a symptom of different people. Does that make yeah, sense what I'm saying? What you're talking about is black versus white, which is all of the work you've done with Outweigh and the gray area. A lot of what I help people do is move from all or nothing thinking to the middle ground, which is the gray area. So that's what you're saying is keep it down the middle. So that, yeah, it makes perfect right. sense. So yeah. it's like, you want to have a little bit of worry in you. I mean, that's normal. Healthy. You don't want to be completely anxious and worrying all the time, but you also don't want to be never worrying at all because that's not, both of those are unhealthy behaviors or symptoms. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, oh, okay, keep it down the middle. So that's one thing. Yeah, I do like that. That I learned from my sweet Linda. Okay, and another thing that I learned from Linda, and this is personal to me, but it might speak to somebody else listening, is that I am an eagle. (laughs) Going back to the birds. I can fly. I can soar. I can do it. I can spread my wings Mm -hmm. and I can fly. And there's a sun out there and that my future looks bright and I can do that. So we worked on things to help me believe in myself because, yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I did some stuff that indicated that I my self-worth is pretty low and I... I felt like even when we determined that, it made me feel almost like a, not a fraud. I don't think I yeah. I walk around with that I have believe in myself all the time, but I am doing things or I'm out here in this space where people might think that I have higher self-worth than I do, or I really do believe in myself. I do want my listeners to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. And I want them to feel empowered. But then here I am doing all this hard work and realizing like, oh, so I kind of had this moment of uh, like a a reality check of, oh, but then I'm like, well, it really doesn't matter. I'm not putting myself out there as something else. But I just thought if people were a fly on the wall right now watching me do this work, they almost would be like, I don't believe it. You're looking at me like I'm saying something really crazy. Like you're you're giving me weird therapist face. (laughs) 
Like <laughs> you have your faces. I mean, but does that make sense what I'm saying? Or now I feel like what I'm saying is crazy. No. But what I feel like is a lot of my listeners might be like, whoa, I would have never thought that Amy had low self-worth. That and, makes sense. And, and I would look up at them being the fly on the wall and I'd be like, better believe it. <laughs> like I really... I did all this experiential thing where she had yeah. this sheet and like all these arrows and I filled stuff out and like I walked on the path and then I ended and I landed in the pain and in the pain area was self-worth and I wasn't to the next side, which is recovery. Yeah. And then I wasn't even off the sheet, which is beyond recovery, which is in a different field. So like, she's like, we're in this box where we've got to do a lot of work because for whatever reason, we traced it back to my childhood mm -hmm. and literally even some teachers and different comments that were made to me that I can remember specifically that made me feel as though I was stupid. I don't even like using that word. And even sometimes I say that out loud and I don't mean it, but I'll do something and then I'll be like, oh, this is stupid. And I want to stop doing that because I don't want that narrative in my head at all, even if I'm saying it in a joking manner. Mm -hmm. But like it's rooting from somewhere. And I 100% have experiences as a child where I felt as though I was not smart. And then that became my story and I never felt smart. And then when I went to college, I didn't know what to major in because I didn't feel like I was going to amount to anything. And I didn't have goals and I didn't know what I wanted to do because I didn't think I was going to do anything. I don't think that this is bad at all because I think that being a stay-at-home mom or being a housewife, like that is great if that is your life. I have goals now, like I'm 40 and I have career goals now. When I was 18, I was quoted in my high school yearbook as them asking me where I was going to be in five or 10 years or something. And that's like this huge quote from Amy Moffat that says like, I'm just going to be a stay-at-home wife or something or housewife or something. There's two things that I want to pick out of that. What you're saying is I didn't realize that I had any other options. There are some people that that's their dream. And right. like that's that is awesome because that's their dream. But you said that because I thought I was too stupid in your words to or your teacher's words to do anything else. Well, so, they didn't say the word stupid to me, but it made me feel that stupid. But yes, so thank you for clarifying that because I want to be sensitive to the fact that I'm sure there are a number of housewives or state moms listening. That is not what this is about because I think that that is great. I think then you can use your time for a lot of other really amazing things. Like I don't know what all you have your hand in, but it is. It was because I didn't think I had options. So that because was your I, only option. Mm -hmm. That's like saying, that's like kind of similar when somebody says that they're going to work for the family business because they think that's their only option too, or something like that. Or it could be any career because that literally is because they think it's their only option. So that's one part. The other part that I think is important about that and about all the self-worth and saying all that stuff is because one of the like pillars that I stand on as a therapist is we can't heal anything that we're not acknowledging. We can't change anything that we don't know is there or that we ref refuse to acknowledge that is there. And you can't work on your self-worth and you can't create more self-worth if you don't ever realize that you don't have any. And I think the what the world tells us is we're not supposed to not have self-worth, which I don't know that that's not true. We're supposed to have self-worth because we're not supposed to not have it. We do all of these things to make it look like we do. So then we can't realize that we don't. So then we can't heal it. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, totally. So this is like huge for you because I don't think you went through your life thinking, oh, I don't have self-worth. No, like in fact, when that was like my real like, what? pain factor, it was like we were doing it. It's like we were 
dissecting me and kind of putting things on this sheet, shooting them in a dip, like there was like arrows and it was like, okay, one thing that we dissected led us to the next thing. And then we dissected that and it led us to the next thing. Or ultimately, once we got done dissecting everything, we were able to conclude Mm -hmm. that self-worth was left in the pain box. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know that that was going to be the outcome. But when we unpacked it all, it made sense. It made total sense, Mm -hmm. even in how I behave in relationships and that are complete opposite. So I was talking to Mary about it after I got home from the trip and I think we were downstairs like working on a puzzle or just talking and she was having tea and I was having coffee. And, you know, she's like, gosh, I was giving her an example of sometimes the first thought that's in my head because of something. And she was like, oh, wow, I think like the exact opposite. And I'm like, that was evidence right there, just how our brains filter things differently. Our screens are different depending on our life experiences. And not that either one of us was right or wrong. She wasn't saying like, oh, it's better. Although I do think her way was better. But I think that whatever filter that's going through for her is a little bit healthier, maybe because of her upbringing or her exposure that maybe some stuff she didn't encounter. Whereas we may have other things that cross differently. But for that particular example, I do think her filter was healthier and I need to get to that point. And, and I think I can. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual essential for women, 18 plus multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands, Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up and store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. 
why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but just because my screen, I filter it through one way and have for so long, like if I put in the work, then my my filter changes. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Okay, good. I just wanted to have an expert. <laughs> that's the point of the all the work, yeah. Right, that's the point of yeah. all the work. But I mean, it's not to say that that other filter though still doesn't show up. I think that- Because it's not like it's totally eliminated. Yeah, yeah. I think that how I- how I really frame that is I think of, so we have our screens, but I also think about those like automatic reactions that we have, the ways that our brains just go to one thing. I think of it as like a river and how rivers are formed is you run water down them and you run water down them and you run water down them. The more water you run down the river, the deeper the river is, the stronger it is, all of that. Those are our screens because we've we've run water down those our whole life. So our screens become actual neural pathways in our brain. Well, the work is creating a new river. So we're starting with nothing and we run water down it every time we start to think that way or we recognize. The cool thing about our brains is when we stop running water down that other neural pathway that is not so helpful, the river dries up. 
right? So then in our brains, that neuropathway actually dries up if we don't use it. We don't need it, we don't use it. So we're creating a new one and we also have the other one. But I think to an extent, we're going to have like even the indention in the ground where the water once was or something like that. Or there's going to be some area where you can see something once was there, even though it's not like the strong river that we used to run down before. Is that kind of like her forest metaphor? Yep. I mean, totally the exact same thing. And that's what we were working on in our intensive was creating the new pathways. Mm -hmm. But yes, and it's not overnight. What we were going to try to do was try to at least get the floodgate open in a different direction. And then, yeah, the repetition and doing it over and over and over and over again will hopefully get me going in a different direction regarding multiple different things. I mean, our brains are so complex. When my brain stops to really think about our brains, I get an overload because I've been studying it in a way too, where even not for myself, but some other stuff that's going on, like looking at scans of trauma and seeing like in, in, in just even the technology that can show you oh, see that ye- all that yellow right there? That's fear and anxiety. Then this blue over here is like a little bit of depression. Like it's just it blows my mind. Like what other smart, amazing brains have been able to show us about our brains mm-hmm. because this is like way over my head <laughs> for sure. But the beautiful and cool part is, is that it's it's moldable. The plasticity mm-hmm. of our brains is cool. Like just because it's one way doesn't mean it has to be that way. Now there are other components like addiction or something like that where it's like, well, I don't know. I don't really think that that part can change. I would say what you're talking about is what is necessary for change is noticing that there's hope. The brain is really, really overwhelming to a lot of people. And I think what you're saying right now offers a lot of hope to people that don't really understand and think that they're always going to be rooted. You hear it all the time. It's always been this way. I've always been this way. And I said recently on Instagram, I, I said something like, because it's always been this way is not a good enough excuse to keep being that way because we have hope and proof out there that we can shift and change things in our lives. We just need to believe that there is hope and proof out there. Right. Which is what you've been learning. But one thing I brought back, especially I was as I was doing re-entry mm-hmm. <laughs> and going back even to the Bobby Bone show and kind of feeling like, and even here at the podcast explaining I had to go away for a couple of weeks was to return with a story of hope. Now, I'm not totally to the other side yet. I'm still in the thick of a lot of things, but the eagle picture, right? The sun, like me, the the fact that like I could look at that and I was really visualizing it and picturing it and like felt like this warm feeling and like could smile and like I felt like my brain was processing that and I really believed it. So I walked away with that hope that I'm going to get there and I'm going to continue to put in the work so that I I do get there. I, I do see where sometimes people may get stuck because it is it's, it can be a lot. And then maybe you're just like, oh, 
<laughs> forget it. <laughs> I need a break. And that's where, you know, before I went and did the work, that's when I was like deep diving into Rachel Hollis like you would not believe because she <sighs> was having her downward spiral situation. And I was just looking to get lost in anything. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't want to face the music. And again, I clarified this on the Bobby Bone Show and my Instagram stories that it wasn't that I was wanting to watch someone fall. It was really that her whole story was fascinating to me and everything that's unfolded in the last year that I really didn't know all of the details to. I mean, I knew some of them, but I didn't know everything, even over the last, let's call it since 2017, like her other books. Like I hadn't read them. I didn't know a lot of that. Linda called my Rachel Hollis deep dive, my medication. Well, what you're doing, which is I think what a lot of people gravitate towards in other ways too, but why we do get so fascinated in stuff like that is because that is literally helping you dissociate from your own thing. So it is your medication. It's yes. like a central nervous system depressant. Right. Like yep. alcohol. Yep. And so that's another thing that but, Linda but it's taught better me, than alcohol, right? It is better than alcohol. To an extent. Maybe. <laughs> but because I mean, and I was able to, I had some boundaries. I was able to reel myself yeah. back in. I wasn't totally lost. But that's why I said it. that. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. But that's why I said that one time that like, it's okay that people get lost in trash TV sometimes. Like I say trash TV, but what I mean is get like lost real in like real housewives. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's actually affecting your morals and values and how you live your life and how you feel about yourself, not so great. But if that's what you do to help slow down your nervous system sometimes, then I don't think that that has to be bad unless you take it to an extreme. Right. And that's where Linda, yes, gave me that permission to do that. But I did think, and I was like, and now this is hilarious that I am at a intensive week for myself. And somehow I'm freaking talking about Rachel Hollis. Like, I don't even understand. Like, Like, I've never talked about or said the name Rachel Hollis probably more than a few times in my life. And in the last few weeks, I have said it. Every conversation. I mean, (laughs) 500 million times. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. But I know Kat came over today and I was like, did you see she released a statement, a message on her podcast? And then I made Kat listen to it. And, but that was my little medication dissociation. But really, I wanted to see what she was going to say. And if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go listen to it. The whole thing just confuses me. And I guess we'll just, I still want to wait and see. Jury's still out on what's happening with that. But I did learn from that. And, you know, we have platforms, right? You have a podcast. I have a podcast. I'm on a nationally syndicated radio show that's in you know, a lot of markets. Sometimes I don't even like to think how many. And listeners call in and ask us advice. And I told Bobby when I came back, I'm like, we need to start prefacing that like we are not experts. Because sometimes people call in and they want like real life advice. And like, we don't know what is really going on in their situation. And Be There in Five, Kate Kennedy, she had given some- Love her. Yeah, she had given an analogy about how sometimes when people give this life-changing advice and they're telling people this is how it should be and they're not a licensed type therapist and they don't know the individual's circumstances. She gave an example of like if someone was cheating and then do you go tell that other person that they're cheating? And it's like, well, okay, you know, collectively, if you were to put this on Facebook, people would be like, oh, heck yeah, you got to go tell them. You got to tell on them. Like your friend can't be going through that. But she's like, 
well, but is the person that that friend is with, do they have a safe relationship? Is there any type of abuse going on? Like, do you know if if you were to unload that type of information, then does that put that person's life in danger? Like yeah. there's all these things we don't think about at times that can be really, really dangerous. And I get sometimes people call into the show or they email in for the fifth thing and they're asking more of like trivial advice. Like what's your skincare routine at right. night? And I'm like, sweet. <laughs> um, I hear something like no pressure I can do that. here. I can do that. Or I have mentioned that if yeah. they want real hardcore advice, I reach out to you because I know that I'm going to give uh, an answer from uh, someone that this is their field, their expertise. I host Outweigh with Lisa because she is a registered dietitian. And so I've got my experts, like I've armed myself with people like I can bring storytelling and experience, mm-hmm. but like I can't ever like, yeah, and I can bring my life experience yeah. and my opinion. But what I found interesting about Rachel was, yeah, her lack of credentials and her basically like telling people how to live or what to do. And so that was interesting to me. And it just reminded me to try to always set up that I'm not, ever, I don't ever want to come across like I'm telling anybody what to do and that I'm not an expert. It was just a reminder for me publicly how to handle myself because I know that I've spread toxic information before. I know that before I had, I was in recovery and now in this new place with food and body image. Oh my gosh, my four things podcast when I first started, basically the first thing might be like, okay, you need to wake up every morning and you need to have hot lemon water or basically don't get out of bed. I wasn't saying it to that extreme, but pretty much, I mean, sometimes people take what I say and they're like, okay, I got to have hot lemon water every morning. And it's like, no. And guess what guys? I haven't had hot lemon water in over a year and I feel great. (laughs) But I mean, there was a time in my life where I thought my day, I traveled to Haiti. I went to other countries with lemons in my bag. I don't even think you're supposed to take fruit through customs, but I- You did it. I did it anyway because I needed- my little organic lemons with me in Haiti so that I could wake up every morning and have my hot lemon water, or I was going to have a bad day. That's the weight that lemon water. And that's just one example of the many toxic things that I, I did. Now is having hot lemon water bad for you? No, but it was like, my everything. That's when it becomes bad. I would like to add that even because you're right, you have to be careful of who you're asking for for advice. And when we give advice, when we're not experts, we're giving basically my experience, which is what you do now. You're like, based on my experience, this is what I do. Even with your skincare. When you talk about your skincare, you always say, this is what works for me and well, my yeah. skin. And I even say like oh, this, and my expert is Carrie, yeah. the National Beauty Girl, but she programmed it to fit my, my skin. skin. So your skin might be different. Also, it may not fit your budget. Like I don't ever want to be like, go buy this product because da, 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 da. So I have a QA and a on Unit Therapy. comes out every Wednesday. And I have people write questions in. Is that Couch Talk? Couch Talk. Yes. Yes. And so people will, will ask me questions. And usually how I answer them is through asking them questions because I don't know them and I don't know their story. I don't know the details. And so if it's a question like, how do I find a therapist? That's different. But like my husband has been drinking multiple times a week and I don't know if I should tell him or not, or should I break up with, or questions like that are about personal things, or my friend is struggling with this. How should I approach it? I can't give solid advice because I don't know all of the things that are around that. 
And so even as a therapist with my clients, I don't tell them what to do. A therapist doesn't give advice. They help somebody figure out what they should do based on their feelings and their life. And ultimately they have to make the best decision. Exactly. And so I think that that's what I try. Now, sometimes I I do give more detailed feedback. I really try to stay in a lane of I'm not telling anybody what to do or what not to do. Oh, I trust me. And Linda was the same way. And I wanted Linda to just look at me me and tell me what to do. I was like, Linda, just tell me. Yeah, Linda. And she's like, Amy, I think we're mapping it out. And I think you know what to do. I'm like, it's about empowering people to figure it out. Yes. And I think when people like Rachel Hollis, it's less about empowering and it becomes more about them becoming almost like godlike where people just listen to anything they say without question. And I never want to be that way as a therapist. I always want people to question me because I don't know everything. I don't know everything about my clients' lives. I don't know everything about your life. I know a lot about my life. I'm the expert in my life, but all of my clients and everybody else in the world gets to be the expert of their life. And I want to keep it that way. Yeah. And I mean, you see a therapist as well. And Uh Linda told me, she said, I will never see a therapist for myself that doesn't go to a therapist Mm -hmm. themselves. That actually is one of my things. If if you ask your therapist and you're like, do you go to therapy? And they say, no, run away. If they say, what would be helpful about you knowing that? Then that's okay if they're keeping a boundary. But if they just blanket say like, no, I don't need to go to therapy, then that's a sign that I don't know, your therapist is kind of wacky. Right. I mean, that could be, I know that we do get messages being like, how, how do I know if I'm finding a good therapist? That could be a question that you ask. Or if you need a therapist that specializes in a particular, maybe you're looking for experiential, maybe you have an eating disorder. There's different, like that's how I got linked up with Kat was because she was on Outway and uh, you specialize in that. But I mean, you can probably meet with a variety of different mm-hmm. people, but there's therapists that kind of have their- Their things. Their things. There's things I don't do too. So. Yeah, because I mean, I've tried to talk to yeah. you about parenting stuff before and you're like, that's not- <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what to say. <laughs> Can you talk to somebody else, please? Thanks. Um, okay, so back to the simple pleasures. Um, was finishing, that one thing? I don't even think, I think we got to number four, which was finishing a really good book. Then that went to the self-help books and the blanket analogy, which led to the, ner- I mean, this is the, rabbit hole we just went down in number I think I said three watching your favorite movie at two a simple pleasure that we love is a nice dinner which Kat and I just had true food kitchen and that's so good and what else oh crumble cookies <laughs> crumble without an e Kat brought them at the end which if you have a true food in your town you got to go uh-huh. or if you're visiting Nashville or somewhere in California or Austin Texas like those are places I've been to true food or New York it's just so good. And then crumble cookie, Google and see if they have one near you. And if your friend has a birthday or they just got a job promotion or they just had a baby, order some crumble cookie. And or if it's and, just a day and you want a cookie because they're yeah, so good. Yes. Well, I'm saying they're a good yeah, gift they're because great they'll gift. deliver warm, just like Tiff's treats. Yeah. Like that's another good one. If you don't have crumble near you, I love sending warm Tiff's mm-hmm. treats. Like there's something about cookies. Whenever my dad died, we got tons of flowers, which was nice. Thank you. My house looked like a funeral home. I mean, Mary and I were kind of laughing at my sister because I'm not like the biggest flower person in the world, but I mean, I get it. Like people are being nice, like some flowers. And we were just laughing, like more flowers just arrived. Or we would leave to go run an errand and come back and there would be like more flowers on the porch, which I think is- You're like, can you guys send more crumble cookies? It's thoughtful. <laughs> you and Lisa sent me some bath uh-huh. stuff and some tea, which I thought was thoughtful. And then 
I think flowers are great. I do not want to come across as though I'm not grateful at all. So I'm going to say this one more time just so that I feel better. The flowers were so thoughtful and sweet and kind, but it was, it just was like, yeah, it felt like I, yeah. it's just a lot. But then I had a couple of people that sent Jenny's ice cream. And I thought that that was amazing and something I would have never thought of. And so now I have that in my back pocket of, I mean, if you go downstairs in my freezer right now, it's full of Jenny's little pint size. Like they just sent a variety of flavors and that came in handy because there were some days where we were all, me and my siblings were sitting around and we were like, let's eat some ice cream. And Stashira, my daughter, she's so cute. She must've seen this on a TV show somewhere or whatever. And she's like, yeah, mom, listen, Whenever y'all get sad, you just go, you get your own pint and then you take it to the couch with a spoon and you sit there and you watch TV and you eat your feelings. <laughs> and like, I just thought, I was like, yes, yes, you got this, that you got it down. Like that's so accurate that's and that's needed, what yeah. I want to do. And thank you for giving me that permission, child. But I thought that that was smart. So now I have that in my back pocket of if I've got a friend going through something hard, maybe, yeah, my go-to would maybe be to send flowers. But now I might send Jenny's ice cream or Bluebell or maybe crumble cookies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was something comforting about the whole ice cream thing, I will say. And Jenny's, which I have not tried this yet, but they came out with a new Dolly Parton flavor and it's like strawberry and pretzels or something. You're making a face. <laughs> That sounds so... I don't know that I like strawberry ice cream. Well, I don't Maybe either, but I like pretzel sweet and Pretzel and ice cream would be good. Salty and sweet. I do like that combination. Okay, so now I think we're going to make it through the list. I have the number one thing that is our simple pleasure here in America, and it's listening to your favorite songs. Simple pleasure. Check. Have you been doing that? Um, Not really. No, I've been listening to books. Here's something I do need to process a little bit more. My favorite song in the whole world is Amarillo by Morning by George Strait. And when my my dad was on life support, my sister made a playlist and it was 25 random songs. Like, so they were on shuffle. So any song could be playing at any moment. We did not pick which song was going to play when. And we're laying there with my dad and the doctor had started to remove him from life support. It was a decision we had to make. We could have kept him alive for days. He wouldn't want that. So we had to make that tough decision after already keeping him on it for days. And me and my sister and my half brother and my half sister and we're laying around him and we're just waiting for him to take his last breath. We didn't know if it would take, you know, a minute or three hours. We didn't know, but it ended up taking less than five minutes. And one of the, the last full song that my dad heard was Amarillo by morning. And of course we're laying there with him and that song came on and we all are just like, we've all danced with him to that song. He loved George Strait too. And that song is so special to me. And now when I hear it, I can't help but get crazy emotional mm -hmm. because that song played in its entirety. And then the next song came on and it didn't even play for that long. And the nurse came in and said, hey, I just wanted y'all to know he's already taken his final breath. And so I just said, well, what time did he? What time was that? And then we did the math and it was like after the George Strait song ended. And so we all had this, you know, picture in our head of him two-stepping his way into heaven. But that was my favorite song. And now I don't know, what do I do? I need to do some brain spotting around Amarillo by morning or something. Yeah. 
Well, you, well, it can still be your favorite song. But I mean, I used to want to listen to it. It made me feel yeah, good. good. And now I listen to it. Well, I mean, I, ha- I haven't, but yeah. if it, it did come on because we still had the playlist going while we still had family in town after we came home. And my sister just put everything on Alexa, which reminds me of, there was a Willie Nelson song in the playlist called Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. And uh, my dad loved Willie Nelson. And I, you know, kids, they pay attention to everything. And out of nowhere one day, so she was like, hey, mom, when I die, I want you to roll me up and smoke me. And I was like, what? what? Where did you learn that? What are kids at school talking about? Like, I'm thinking like, Willie what? Nelson. And then a light bulb went off and I'm like, oh my gosh, she heard the Willie Nelson song, roll me up and smoke me when I die. But anyway, Amarillo by Morning also would come on and I would get really, really, really emotional. And so I don't know what to do to get back to where that is a simple pleasure for me in life would be listening to that song. I think that is like the picture of grief work though, where it's like this up and down, backwards, forwards, in circles kind of thing, where right now that song reminds you of him taking his last breath and that's really, really emotional in in a sad way. And maybe that might always be sad, but as you move through your grief, that at one point that could have a different feeling for you. You could have a different interpretation and it could be an exciting thing of like, oh, this reminds me of my dad walking into heaven. Oh, okay. I hadn't but thought that of that might perspective. Just take time. It does make me think of something else I learned from Linda, though. Let's talk about Linda and, again. Uh, it's that grief never ends. And I think sometimes we feel as though at There's some point we're not going to grieve. And it's like, oh, it's been long enough. Why am I still doing this? And so Linda gave me that permission to, because a lot of stuff resurfaced being with my mom for her final breath. I feel lucky I was by her side for that. And then being by my dad's side for his final breath. But a lot of things resurfaced. And I thought, gosh, why am I dealing with mom stuff now when I should be dealing with dad? And she's like, you're not ever going to stop grieving your mother. And like, do you want to? No, but right? I mean, I guess we yeah. just feel as though, we should. or I do. So maybe if anybody else out there has felt that way before about their grief of like, gosh, why am I not in a better place? Yeah. I mean, sure, it, that might mean there is some work you could do to get in a better place, but it doesn't mean that the grief is ever going to go away or it might not. It, it might hit you one year when you haven't cried about it in three years and then boom, you're bawling crying. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that 100%. And I, I hear that all the time of like, I should be over this by now or when is this going to end or any of that. I don't think that, especially when it comes to death, we're ever going to look back and be like, I'm, I'm finally okay and over that this person is no longer in my life. I, I, that's a weird thing to think that we would ever feel. And I think that one of the things that has gotten us in that mode of thinking that there should be an ending is the stages of grief becoming a really well-known thing. And the truth is the stages of grief, if you are familiar with them, have been very misinterpreted by the public. They're not like a, a ladder you climb and then you get to the top. It's all yeah. over the place. And does everybody have all five stages? No, and they've actually added a stage. I think it's Brene Brown had um, one of the people that developed the stages on her podcast, pretty sure, on un- Unlocking Us. And he talked about the sixth stage that he added and it was finding meaning. And w- one thing is, I don't think everybody moves through all six. And the other thing is, we might get to the sixth stage and then go back to the second one three days later or a month later or three years later. And so everybody's process looks different going back to what we talked to before because of our ex- different experiences and what we've been through in our screens. There you go. 
America's favorite simple pleasures. We went through we all it. 10 and it took us, I don't even know how long. Like an hour. Oh gosh. And we were going to do four things, guys. But that, that was, just, was like this 25 was just supposed things. to be one of the things. And I had four other topics here for us to get into, but that's a wrap. So thanks for listening. Welcome to Four Things with Amy Brown. But sometimes we just it's been so long on the first thing that it's a one thing, which I mean, it's totally fine. That's another thing. It's like, sometimes I feel like I've built these, how it's supposed to be. And then I Parameters. don't really like go with the flow very well. I try to act like I'm breezy. I'm breezy. It's fine. But then I'm really not at times. And then I can be really hard on myself. And then, you know, some days I just need to be like, you know what? This is four things with Amy Brown, but like, follow me here. It's fine. (laughs) Kat's here. We're just talking. And I feel like, yeah, we covered a lot of, a lot of things. So thank you, Kat, for joining me. And thank you listeners for tuning in for People still say tuning in. I literally so had, oh my gosh, this is so funny. I literally was talking on my podcast. I was like, thanks for tuning in. And I was like, you're not tuning in because this is a podcast on your phone. Don't you tune into a radio? What is tuning in? Yeah, it's and I feel putting like in the, the 1950s. dial. I know. I, I, I'm on a radio show like, and I don't for even streaming think we me? say tune I, in. I don't know. Yeah. Thanks for downloading. Yeah. Maybe thanks for subscribing. That's the real thank subscribe, you. Subscribe, yeah. So subscribe. Listen, if you're listening to this right now, subscribe to Four Things with Amy Brown if you haven't already, but maybe you are if you're listening, but also go subscribe to CATS, which is Unique Therapy. Maybe rate and review. I know this is a big ask because it's it's time consuming. It's not lost on me that someone takes a few minutes out of their day. Even though it's just a few minutes, it's still your precious time, but go ahead and do it. And then you can go over to Outweigh and subscribe to the Eating Disorder podcast that Lisa and I host uh, about that gray area and rate and review if you want to. And then Lisa also has a podcast called The Truthiest Life, which is also on my network. And so you can go find that. She's got a lot of awesome episodes and you can subscribe and rate and review and you'll be a part of our little club. (laughs) I don't know what you get as a member of said club, but I often forget to remind people to do that. And I really feel like if I were to just ask people, they would do it. And then I listened to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and Oprah's not shy about asking people to go rate and review. And I'm like, oh, you're Oprah. You don't need people to do that, but look at you still asking. So if Oprah can do it, I can do it. And I can ask you to rate and review and subscribe. And then I guess I'll just quickly say tomorrow is April 30th. That's Friday. You're listening to this on the 29th if you listen to the day that it comes out. And I think this weekend, like the 30th and like May 1st is the cutoff for Mother's Day shopping. If you are looking to get anything for things or from Espoir and the cute Mother's Day stuff that we've released, like the one that says, I need a nap or any cool mom items or raise them kind, which the raise them kind is in my handwriting, which is super fun to see. I worked really hard on that. I mean, it is how I write, but I mean, I was like really being like extra careful to make sure that it looked cute for the sweatshirt. So I'm really happy with how it turned out. So go check out any of that. If you have some Mother's Day shopping to do, I just wanted to remind you that this is the cutoff and everything uh, that we have up is supporting Project MediShare and their maternity center there 
in Haiti, specifically a new ambulance fund. They need a new ambulance to transport pregnant mothers and new moms back and forth to the clinic. So uh, we want to help contribute towards the ambulance goal, which in Haiti, things are just always more expensive there. So it's a lot, but we want to contribute and we're able to do that if y'all support. And that's you supporting maybe by maybe shopping if you can, or maybe just spreading the word. Maybe you don't have anybody to shop for, but you know of someone that's looking to find something unique and special and maybe a gift that gives back. You can spread the word about Espoir and what we do and the different gift options that we have. I mean, not even just the cool mom, all the new pullovers and shirts that we have, but we have our star necklace. We have our gratitude journal. We have our four things totes. All of those are great Mother's Day gifts as well. And you can just go to the shop forward dot com slash mom m o m mom <laughs> okay cat thanks for coming on mm-hmm. and i'm ba- i'm back i'm back in business You're so back, i will see you all on tuesday for a fifth thing all right bye <laughs>